He has existed from the very beginning. He is created everything. He is creating everything he will create. So why don't we believe that he doesn't see us now, that he can't handle this now, that he doesn't care about your loved one or what's going on in your world? He does. So let's pray that the light that existed from the very beginning comes in and begins to bless you and heal you this Advent season. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Welcome, welcome. Yes, this is so exciting. This It's that time of year again, everybody. We are going to dive into a very special series here on the podcast. We are going to dive into the Oh Weary World Rejoice Advent Study. It's a five-week series, and this is something that came to me a couple of years ago, and I'm excited to offer it to you free here on the podcast. And if you're the kind of person that wants to go a bit deeper, have a more transformative experience, there is a journal that you can purchase. And I will, I will let you know about that in this in a second. But welcome. My name is Megan Nilsson. I am a podcaster, obviously, author of a couple of books and a journal. I am a kingdom life coach. And one of my very favorite things to do is to dive into scripture and ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, to speak to me, to really provide personal application and uh, offer it to people. So that's what this is, Oh Weary World Rejoice. What is this series going to look like? So week one will be airing on Tuesday, November 28th of 2023, and it will go for five weeks. So it will take you through to Tuesday, December 26th, every Tuesday, for five weeks, a new episode will drop and it will be the next session in the series. And today is going to be session one, the beginning. Now, for those of you that want a deeper transformation experience, of course, there is something for you. So you can listen to these episodes and you can go and purchase the study guide devotional journal. It is just $15 to add exponential growth to your experience, a much deeper, deeper walk and just time for reflection, evaluation, diving into scripture. And you can purchase that at ohwearyworldrejoice.com. That's ohwearyworldrejoice.com. I will drop that in the show notes for you. That is a massive tongue twister, but I kind of laugh because sometimes life feels like a tongue twister, doesn't it? So anyway, if you want to dive into this experience, here is one way that I would encourage you to do so if you want me to organize this for you a little bit. So every Tuesday, there will be the weekly teaching. So like I said, five weeks in a row. And then if you purchase the study devotional, then I would suggest you listen on Tuesday and then Wednesday, begin to do that journaling process. Set your intention of gratitude, start the devotional journal, and then dive into the scripture reading. There are several passages of scripture that I offer as supplemental 
places that you can go in the Bible to pay close attention to what God wants to show you in those passages. How does it relate to our study? And then kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can go into the personal reflection questions. I am the journaling coach. So I love to offer journaling questions so that you can get to the heart of it all. It's honestly up to you how much you get out of this. So the more you engage, the more you will receive. It's that simple. That is a very common life practice. And the last thing I'm going to say is that I would highly encourage you to process with someone. So you may want to do this by yourself. That's obviously fine. But if you have someone that you would love to do this with a friend or a family member that comes to mind, invite them to listen with you. Invite them to go grab their own study guide and do the reflection questions. You guys can collaborate. You can process, go out to coffee or get a glass of wine, whatever it is this time of year. Maybe it's your, you know, mocha latte. I don't know, peppermint mocha, but find someone that you can share your revelations with and Lastly, I would highly encourage you to tag me on social media. If you are on Facebook or Instagram, share, share, tag me, do a screenshot of of the episode and put a little blurb in there. What did you learn? What stuck out to you? I would love to share this far and wide. It is so amazing to dive into God's word and really learn about the life of Jesus, how he came to be, and honestly, what God is saying to you in this season. And when you purchase the study guide, you will get a link to the most amazing worship playlist. That's the best part, honestly. Shift the atmosphere in your home, in your car, on your walk, wherever. When you go to owearyworldrejoice.com, grab that study guide, and then the email that comes to you will have the guide in it, and then a link to the playlist. It's amazing. So, you know, it might be tempting to jump ahead in the the scripture passages each week, but this study is truly designed to slow you down, to have you marinate in just a few verses each week and really extract the truth from each section that God wants to reveal to you. So why did I write this study? Where did the name come from? Oh, Weary World Rejoice is really a shout out to, you know, a Christmas hymn. But As the founder of the Beautiful Exchange community, it's the name of my first book, this concept of a beautiful exchange, releasing what our flesh is so desperately holding onto and receiving what God wants to give us is this daily exchange. You have the opportunity right now to exchange weariness, weightiness. This world is so heavy many, many broken things happening all the time around the world, quite possibly in your own family, in your own home, in your own body. I don't know, but you can exchange a weariness for joy. That's what this beautiful exchange promises to be for you. So before we dive into seeing Jesus in the New Testament, so weeks two, three, four, and five, we're going to dive into the beginning of Luke. But right now I want to really drive home this idea of the beginning. I want to set a context for you that Jesus's presence did not just arrive on the scene 0 AD, December 25th, whatever random human chronological date we want to put around it, but we will learn that he has always been present. 
always been present. And as Julie Andrews or Maria from The Sound of Music would sing, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. So I will spare you my singing <laughs> my singing prowess. So you'll actually come back and listen to another episode. But let's start at the beginning. And in this book that I read, it's called Find Your Center by Gravity Leadership. I highly recommend it. I will link it in the show notes. The authors of that book say, quote, grace wasn't invented to deal with sin. Okay, let me repeat that. Grace wasn't invented to deal with sin, although we often talk about it in our churches this way, right? Like like God is somehow going, okay, shoot, I didn't know that humanity would be such a cluster mess. I guess you guys want to go ahead and just offer some grace in there so we can really patch this thing up? No, Although that's often how we talk about it in our churches. And they go on to say grace existed within the Trinity before the world was created. Okay. Grace existed within the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before the world was created because grace is God's giving of himself in relationship. Grace is God's empowering presence that reaches out to connect. Grace is God's desire to be with us. It is the gift of relationship. Isn't that absolutely mind-blowing and transformational today? Grace is not an antidote to sin because all of a sudden there was a problem and now we need a solution. No, grace has always existed because it is the context of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who they are in community, together. It's God's empowering presence that reaches out to connect. And that's what we remember. That's what we receive again and again each Christmas season is this reminder that God desired to be with us. He wants a relationship with you. So what did he do? He sent his one and only son so that you can receive the empowering presence of Jesus and connect to God the Father. Isn't that amazing? So I love that definition of grace. And what I want to do today is dive into John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. I don't know if I'll read all the way that far. We'll see. Maybe I'll stop at verse 9. But here we go. I'm going to be reading from the voice translation. But before I start reading the passage, I want to discuss a little bit about this idea, the word. So many of you are going to know how John chapter one starts. In the beginning was the, everybody say it, in the beginning was the word and the word was God with, and he was with God, right? So different translations are going to offer it to us like this. Okay. The English standard version says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The New Living Translation says, in the beginning, the word already existed. He was with God and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Again, these verses, these translations remind us Jesus has existed from the very beginning. Nothing that exists in this world has ever existed, will ever exist, is outside of him. He made and he created everything, including you. Lastly, I want to offer to you 
the Passion Translation. I know that this can be a bit of a controversial translation, but I want you to hear me out. It's a relatively new translation, and I love the way that the authors of the Passion Translation take this verse and what phrase they use. They say, in the very beginning, the living expression. How are they translating word in the Passion? They're translating it as the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. This is Logos. This is Jesus, the living expression. They, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. This is a very fluid idea. This is not a kind of a concrete, chronological expression. This is a Kairos, divine, God, mind-blowing living expression. They were together face-to-face. They saw that creation was very good, and they wanted to make man in their image. So in a commentary from the Passion Translation, it's going to bring a bit of depth and understanding to these verses. So the English expressions come from the Greek word logos. So in the beginning was the word, the word already existed. This living expression is the Greek word logos. This word has a rich and varied background in both Greek philosophy and Judaism. So the Greeks equated logos to the highest principle in the cosmic order. There was nothing higher in their philosophical understanding than logos. God's, quote, logos in the Old Testament is his powerful self-expression, creation, revelation, and redemption. His logos, his existence, his presence hovered in space and time at specific points. The logos, the word, the living expression hovered over the waters in the very, very beginning. And in the New Testament, we have this new, unique view of God given to us by John. So John's coming back in all these centuries later, and he's saying that this logos, this living expression, signifies the presence of God himself in the flesh. Isn't that absolutely beautiful and totally (laughs) mind-blowing? I mean, I could sit on that for quite a while and think, wow, Jesus is in me and he has existed from the beginning of time. Now, most translations use the word word. Like I said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, etc. And while this is true, I'm going to argue that it only reflects part of the meaning. Since logos essentially refers to the act of speaking or bringing thoughts to expression. Again, remember this phrase, the living expression. I want to hammer that home today. The living expression exists, and the writers of the of the Passion Translation decided to use the word voice to capture this reality. So he was speaking, bringing thoughts into expression. And as you can see, no one word, we're so limited in the human language, we're so limited here that no one word can capture the true essence of this theological truth. It's loaded, it's complex, it's nuanced, it's far beyond my pay grade at this point. And so I want you to dive into your own study of the word logos. What is this? What is this idea that's existed from the beginning? And 
here are the reasons that the authors of this translation love using the word voice. Okay. The living expression is an act of speaking. It has, he has a voice. So what does voice mean? Okay. Voice, your voice manifests the act of speaking. You are right now listening to the sound of my voice because I am speaking English into a microphone for the purposes of this podcast and this study. And it encapsulates that which is spoken, that which is heard. You are listening to my spoken voice. It comes from both sides of communication. So bridging the gap between the sender and the receiver. So if we were on the phone together, you would hear my voice and I would hear your voice. And John intends to let us know that in Jesus, God is speaking and revealing himself to the world. So there is this living expression. The voice is coming into the world so that you can hear it, so that you can be connected to the God of the universe. How? Through the power and presence, divine man, Jesus. Okay, number two, voice is distinct and personal. We can distinguish one another by our voices, right? So if I were to call you up, if we were friends and you wouldn't even, you would just pick up the phone, maybe you have your AirPods in and you're like not looking at your phone, you hear it ring, hey, and I say, hey, it's me. To those people that are closest to you in your life or you've heard their voice a lot, they don't even have to say their name. They just say, hi, it's me. How beautiful, how gorgeous is that idea that as you begin to understand and understand what God's voice sounds like, what the cadence, the rhythm, the, the, the frequency, the sound, as you begin to study his voice, listen for his voice, you walk through life and you will get these impressions, you will begin to hear God say, hey, it's me. How cool is that? And in John 10, Jesus describes the fact that the sheep hear his voice. When the shepherd calls, they follow. He's the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd's voice sound like? That's a lot of what we're doing in this study and in this podcast, listening to his voice and working it out on this side of heaven. The sheep will not follow a stranger because they do not recognize his voice. You will begin as you traverse this life of faith, you will hear God's voice and you will know the more you walk with him, the deeper this expression is going to be and you will know his voice. Why? So that you can connect with him and also so you know who not to follow, what not to follow because you think That is not God's voice. That is not consistent with his character. That is not consistent with the character of Jesus. Therefore, that is not a voice that I'm going to follow. Okay, among the words that I already described, some other iterations would be a blueprint or a message. Voice, blueprint, message. Jesus Christ is the word, logos made visible. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what this Advent season is. That's why year after year we come back to this place to remind ourselves. Maybe we've strayed. We've strayed along the days, the months, the years. And Christmas time is a a season in our calendar where we commit once again to say, you know what? I believe that God sent Jesus. He's the word made visible. And what does it look like to reset and listen for his voice and connect with him once again? 
So for the purposes of this teaching in this series, I'm going to use the voice translation. Isn't that beautiful? So it's an amazing translation of the New Testament. Go check it out. I absolutely love it. But the Gospel of John does not begin with Jesus' birth or John's baptism, right? Many of the other Gospels actually start with Jesus' birth. But this one, the Gospel of John, starts with a deliberate connection to the creation story. Again, back to in the beginning was the word, connecting us very back to the beginning of the creation story. And this gospel is a direct response to heresy. Heresy was begin to circulate among the people that Jesus was, quote, just a man. He's not divine. He's just a man. He's He's a great man worth following, whatever you want to say, but he's not God. And in John's gospel, we're going to find the truth of divinity. So commentator Dale Bruner, I love him. He's definitely worth reading. He says, quote, wherever the loss of the conviction of the full deity of Jesus Christ occurs. So whenever we lose this foundation, this anchor that Jesus is fully divine, the church and world lose their center and meaning. Wherever the loss of the conviction of the full deity of Jesus Christ occurs, the church and the world lose their center and meaning. This is critical for our understanding as kingdom people, as followers of Jesus. If we do not understand, if we do not walk in full conviction that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man, we will lose our anchor. We will lose the center and our meaning. So the Greek word logos, like I said, carries a variety of meanings, and this translation argues that they all relate to the act of speaking. Voice is dynamic. It reflects powerful activity of the living God. A voice is fluid, and honestly, when someone talks to you, asks you a question, shares their voice, I would argue that it demands a response, maybe an out loud response an audible response, or maybe just one in your heart. But when someone speaks to you, you have a thought, you have a response, whether you say it or not. And I would suggest and challenge you that God is speaking to you right now. He wants to speak to you and he is going to invite you into a response. What response comes to you today? Since in Jesus, God is speaking and revealing himself to the world. And since in Jesus, we hear the voice of God, then this new reality changes everything. And so we too must change. So I'm going to read John chapter one, verses one through nine in the voice translation, and then just do a little extra deep dive here. So this is in the beginning. We are in session one, the beginning of the O Weary World Rejoice Advent Study. Chapter one. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial word remained ever present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. Immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light, a light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazes through murky bottoms. It cannot and will not be quenched. A man named John, who was sent by God, 
was the first to clearly articulate the source of this light. This baptizer put in plain words the elusive mystery of the divine light, so all might believe through him. Some wondered whether he might be the light, but John was not the light. He merely pointed to the light, the true light who shines upon the heart of everyone was coming into the cosmos. Wow. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. The celestial word remained ever present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. Doesn't that absolutely blow your mind that with a word, creation came into existence? How can we believe the light? How can you believe the light for yourself? I love verse four. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light, a light that thrives in the depths of darkness. You know, this study is called a weary world rejoice. Why? Because life is dark. Life is broken. Life is hard. Things come at us from all sides, personally, globally, every which way. But Jesus, the true light, capital L, came into the world and he can shine upon your heart. This light thrives in the depth of darkness. Right now, as you're thinking about your life, where are the dark places? And you know, when I think about dark places in my life, often they are very personal and sometimes they are very secret. Why? I mean, I can share, a lot of us share vulnerably, quote unquote, vulnerably, right? We share about maybe 80%, 50%, 90%. But if we're truly honest, there are things that we think that we are contemplating that we don't share with another single solitary soul because it it feels too shameful. It is embarrassing. How could we possibly tell someone this and have them accept us? So what do we do? We throw up the wall, we stop, we hide in the darkness, and we just we just leave that little chamber covered and locked. But what Jesus is offering is a true light. And this light thrives in the depths of darkness. And I want to challenge you today to bring those things, that thing, whatever it is that is so private and secret that you haven't shared with another human being, how can you bring that to Jesus today? Can you believe that his light would bring healing to your soul? We know that UV rays, that light from the sun actually heals. It brings about health and healing and medicinal qualities. When things are shoved in dark places and underneath the surface, mold begins to grow, right? Unhealthy things are in dark, murky, damp spaces, and yet Jesus is bringing the light. Can you believe his light for you today? And secondarily, can you believe that his light will come into other people's lives? It's one thing for me to believe that the light of Jesus is going to come into my life and bring about health and healing and redemption. And it's quite another thing for me to believe that God's light, Jesus's light is going to come into the lives of other people. 
people that I love, if I see dark things happening, things that from my perspective seem seem dark and distant and disconnected, can I believe, can you believe that the light of Jesus would come in and bring that healing to someone else? Because here's the truth. The light thrives in the darkness. The light of Jesus comes through these murky bottoms And it brings about a healing and it cannot and will not be quenched. The darkness cannot overcome it. So under the sound of my voice, as you connect with the voice of Jesus, begin to to intercede and declare this healing and this health, not only for you, but for the people you love, because his light is coming into that space. He has existed from the very beginning. He is created everything. He is creating everything he will create. So why don't we believe that he doesn't see us now, that he can't handle this now, that he doesn't care about your loved one or what's going on in your world? He does. So let's pray that the light that existed from the very beginning comes in and begins to bless you and heal you this Advent season. I want to end with this. Dale Bruner, this commentator, he he brings about, let's see, there's six different iterations of the idea of who Jesus is. He has six different adjectives, and I want to see which one resonates with you today. So who is Jesus? Who is this God, divine man who existed from the beginning with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Number one, he is this, the divine revealer. So if you have a pencil right now, or you want to bring out the notes on your phone, hopefully you've got your journal, write this down, the divine revealer. He is the divine revealer. In the beginning was the word who was God. Jesus is divine. Number two, the seeking revealer. His life was the light of the human race. Seeking you out, seeking to connect with you. Number three, the witnessed revealer. John came to bear witness to the light. John cries out, this is the one. Number four, the resisted revealer. But his own family did not welcome him. John witnessed Jesus, and yet his own family, people that he loved, did not recognize him. Do you recognize him, or are you resisting him today? Number five, the received revealer. Yet whoever did welcome him became children of God. We all received one grace after another grace. He is divine. He is seeking. He is witnessed. Sadly, he's also resisted. Number five, he is received. You don't have to resist him. You can receive him. And number six, he is the human revealer. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's how the message version translates this. Which aspect of Christ speaks to you in this season? Which one are you holding onto? The divine revealer, the seeking revealer, the witnessed revealer, the resisted revealer, the received revealer, or the human revealer? Guess what? These are all attributes. This is all the same person the person of Jesus Christ. 
So God bless you. I can't wait to do the rest of this study with you. We're going to dive into the first few verses of Luke. And as you as you process this this week, grab that devotional at ohwearyworldrejoice.com. Listen to this again if you need to. Take some notes. Dive into the scripture. Process those evaluation questions. And be sure to shout me out on social media. Share this with a friend. If you know someone who's thinking, man, I would love to connect with Jesus this Advent season. I don't know what to think about. I don't know what to read. This is your ticket. Pass this along. And I can't wait to meet with you next week for session two. If you're not already on my email list, please jump in and do that. Every every Wednesday, I drop a little note of encouragement in your inbox. I add a weekly journal prompt and you will stay up to date on all the things that are coming into 2024, anything that the Holy Spirit is downloading to offer to people. And I would love to hear from you. So love you guys. Happy Advent and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.